Hi, I'm Pastor Bill Singh with Faith Presbyterian Church. I am here with my wife, Melissa, and we are going to do our pre-sermon discussion before getting into our message today. And the topic is the origin of evil. And Melissa, you seem to think that this was a very important topic. Why is that? Well, I was in a class in college. It was a sociology class. And the professor asked the students why there's evil in the world if, um, if God is so good. And it was a question just to get us to think. Um, and to my surprise, that was a difficult question for a lot of um, even Christians to answer. So I think that's the beauty of the message today is um, Bill will be answering that question. Yes, so we're very fortunate to have the Bible at our disposal to be able to look up the answer to such a question. God reveals an awful lot to us in his word. And without further ado, we're going to get into today's message, The Origin of Evil. The Apostle John wrote, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. In the beginning, there was no evil. There was no suffering. There was no sin. There was no bloodshed. Nothing bad at all. So if God's creation was as good as what Genesis says that it was, then where on earth did evil come from? If you find yourself asking that question, that's probably good because you're thinking about it. You recognize that evil exists and that there is something wrong with the world as it currently exists. Our topic today is the origin of evil. And we can look to scripture to see how this all fits in to what the Bible is teaching us. And we can also see how the origin of evil led to the cross and how the cross leads us to redemption. In fact, after today, you will know why it is that the cross defeated Satan. You'll make a lot more sense out of uh, Romans chapter 9 verses 22 through 23 which say, What if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory. Now, the origin of evil was very subtle. It happened in such a way you just wouldn't expect. It reminds me of a story that I heard that was written by a man named Somerset Magum. And he once wrote a story about a janitor at St. Peter's Church in London. The pastor of the church discovered that this janitor was illiterate and promptly fired him. The janitor knew that he had to make some money or else he was going to end up on the street. So he invested all of his savings into a local tobacco shop. Well, turns out it was a wise investment because the shop was very successful and it got him back on his feet well enough that he was able to buy another store and another and another. So the man became actually very prosperous as a result of his investments and eventually became wealthy. Well, his banker one day brought him aside and said, you've done well for yourself as an illiterate man. Imagine where you'd be if you could read and write. The man replied, I'd be a janitor at St. Peter's. So this illiterate man's unsuspecting success is similar to the emergence of evil. 
It all started with the angels. And I've got a quick question. Which, what day were the angels created on anyway? Some people think it was the first day. Some people think it was before the first day. Others would say that it was the third or fourth day. And there's even a case that could be made for the sixth day. <laughs> While I'm at it, I might as well say the second or third and second and fifth day are possibilities too. Uh, but it all started with the angels. What we do know is that angels were creations of God and they were created to be ministering spirits as revealed in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. So it was their duty to take care of the spiritual needs of humans. So to fulfill this role, they needed the knowledge of good and evil. And having such knowledge is actually kind of dangerous in some ways because it makes you aware of the things that are not of God. Because of that, a certain angel started to notice the good in the world but he also started to notice the beauty inside of himself. That good beauty that God gave him, uh, he started to recognize it and he started to get all puffed up about it. Listen to what the prophet Ezekiel says about this angel. You are the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. You were anointed a guardian cherub. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. We call this angel Satan, or the devil. And the devil plays a little game with you and I. He finds our weakness, and he uses that weakness to tempt us, away from God, to tempt us to sin. And if you give in to Satan's temptations, what he then does after you sin is Satan then guilts you because of your wickedness. He makes you feel bad over it. And he also runs away and he, he reports you to God. He basically tells on you for the evil thing that you did. So Satan abused his role as a ministering spirit by using his platform to accuse people of their sins before God. We see a very clear picture of this, a very vivid picture of this in the first chapter of Job. It kicks off the whole book of Job, Satan telling on other people for the sake of their sins. Job chapter 1 verse 6 says, One day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord asked Satan, Where have you come from? From roaming through the earth, Satan answered him, and walking around on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. Now, what was God's question all about? Haven't you considered my servant Job? It's almost as though that God is pointing him toward Job as a target. But the reality was that Satan was actually reporting to God to accuse people of their sins before him. God knew about that, and he knew that Satan was trying to say there's nothing good in the world that he had made. And so God points him toward this man named Job, who could withstand the devil's temptations. 
Now, if you're interested, Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 is also a very interesting account of, uh, of Satan accusing somebody before God. He accuses the high priest Joshua of his sins, uh, but Joshua is able to withstand it because God redeems him. Satan accuses us before the Lord because he hates people. People are created in the image of God, and Satan hates God, and he wants to become greater than God. In fact, he hates people so much because he never wanted to serve people to begin with. Remember, he was supposed to be a ministering spirit to people, and he just thought that he was too good to do that. He'd rather be the master than a servant. One day, something very interesting happened. Jesus came into the world. No longer was this a person created in the image of God. It was God himself, God in the flesh. And Satan tried to tempt him away from God, but he was God. And so he couldn't do it. Jesus was perfect in all of his ways. And this ruined Satan's little game against mankind. And you remember Jesus died on the cross. You remember what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He took upon the sins of myself. He took upon the sins of you. And he bore those on the cross and died to them. And so now, whenever the devil tries to accuse us of our sins, he can't because those accusations are not landing against us anymore. They have to land against God's chosen, Jesus Christ, the one who is without sin. So Jesus ruined the devil's little game of accusing us before God of our sins and bringing us condemnation. And rather, Jesus has brought us salvation by taking the blame for our sins, by paying the price, and only he alone could withstand the wrath of God, could bear the sins and be glorified higher than anything else in all of creation. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 puts it this way. The salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown down. He's been thrown down. He has been defeated. If God is for me, who can be against me? Praise God. I'd like to thank you for joining us for today's message. Again, I am Pastor Bill Sang with Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us for our church services at 1030 in the morning at Faith Presbyterian Church. I'd like to thank you once again for joining us today. Be blessed.